If you follow me on social media, you probably already saw the exciting news. But if you don't, I do want to just take a second and say that this could be a trigger episode. If you are currently trying to conceive, I do talk about my recent conception and us being pregnant with baby number two. I'm going to specifically be talking about what I did differently this time. We have never received a positive pregnancy in our years of trying to conceive. So I do want to be intentional to have that conversation and answer questions that I have been getting. But I want to take a second and just clarify that up front. This could be triggering to you if positive pregnancies are triggering to you. Just want to warn that. But other than that, let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here, we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. Okay, so if you follow me on Instagram, you know that we recently announced that we are expecting baby dunker number two, which is just like the biggest smile on my face. And honestly, it's such a testament to the miracle that God has done in our life. Josh and I were trying to conceive from the beginning for Highland about six years before we actually were able to get pregnant. We did IUIs, we did medicated cycles, we did all kinds of different treatment suggestions, and nothing ever worked for us. We never, during those whole six years, we never got a positive pregnancy, not one time. When we pursued IVF, that was the only positive pregnancy that we have ever gotten And when we did do IVF, we just had the one embryo, which is now Highland. She's 18 months, which is so crazy. And so for us, navigating trying to conceive baby number two was a whole can of worms because I felt like there was still some very unresolved feelings. And for a while, I wasn't sure if I was ready to go down that path again. Part of trying to conceive baby number two, even though technically we were parents, we still had never conceived naturally. So opening ourselves up to trying again would also open my heart up to disappointment and that fear of like, are we able to conceive at all? And will Highland have a brother or a sister? So I spent a lot of time just not pushing myself to be ready to try and just thinking through what are some steps that I do want to take differently this time. So I want to go through what we did do differently because we did do things differently and our approach. But before I dive into that, I really just want to take a second and just fully lay out the truth. The truth of the matter about conceiving is that God is in control. God is in control. It doesn't matter. You could do everything the doctors say. You could follow the whole protocol. You could be 
just someone who is like, I don't live anything toxic, anything. I am like perfect in my diet. Like I am just here to tell you that what I share with you is not a solution. It is not going to be like, oh, I'm going to try that because that's that worked for Courtney. It's going to work for me. I'm here to simply say to you that God's timing is sovereign and will reign supreme. And that is so hard because we like to control things. We like to control our paychecks. We like to control where we live, our jobs, who we interact with, who we allow to watch our social media. Like We like to be in control of everything. And as humans, I think that's one of the most difficult things about you know, first world problems, if you will, is that we have catered a lifestyle and a life that basically says, I control what I want. I control whose opinions I listen to. I control the news sources and I control the environments I'm in and the life that I lead. And it convinces us of this false reality and false narrative that God does not actually have control over your life and that you can control things. And fertility is one of those areas where you will be confronted with that harsh reality that you don't get to control everything. You cannot control life and you cannot control death. And so before I go farther into this discussion and this topic, I do want to just point you to the truth. You cannot control when you will conceive. You cannot control when you get pregnant. You cannot control every facet of your health. And you cannot control life and death. That is in God's hands, in God's hands alone. So yes, even though I do believe in the power of us stewarding our health and stewarding our choices to the best of our knowledge and our abilities, we do have room for improvement. I had room for improvement. It does not mean that that is what got me pregnant. I 100% will testify until I'm blue in the face that whether it was IVF or it was this route, like God's timing is everything. God decided. It was time. God decided now. God decided to have us wait those years. Like the end of the day, it is all in God's control. And you can hate that and you can fight that and you can try to resist that and try to control that. But until you come to terms and peace with the fact that God is in control of your child's life, even when you become a parent, that's going to be awfully miserable because you will not be able to control everything that your child does. So really just stepping into faith, stepping into peace and saying, Lord, I'm in a position of submission and surrender, that you are in control. You're in control of my conception. You're in control of my journey of motherhood. I trust you. You are good. Okay. So with that being said, let's dive into a little bit more of the nuts and bolts. Number one, I was working with a naturopath. Josh and I decided that we did not want to pursue IVF a second time. We had no embryos in the freezer or anything, so there was really no reason that we had to do IVF again other than that's just what worked for us the first time. So, of course, it's natural to think that that's what we would pursue a second time. However, we decided that we didn't want to do IVF again if we didn't have to. We wanted to give time to try to conceive naturally. We also wanted to give time to exploring functional medicine and additional alternative routes. So for Josh and I, we did make that decision that we were not going to pursue that. Secondly, I will say that we worked with a naturopath for about a month and then I got pregnant. So I don't know that I would say she is the reason we're pregnant because it was just a matter of 30 days. And honestly, her protocol was not to get me pregnant. She was like, we are going to put you in a position where you're healthy enough to conceive but we are focused on fixing a few 
red flags on your blood work and your hormone panels first to then put you in a position where now it's okay for you to try to conceive. So she was not focused. Her goal and her mission was not on me conceiving. So that's also just like a huge miracle as well because that was not our focus. Our intention of working with her for the three months that we had enrolled to work with her was specifically to fix my iron and put my body and my hormones in a position of optimal fertility, which would then allow us to start actively trying to conceive. Third, when we did, um, so basically since we've had Highlands, we have never not tried to conceive, if that makes sense. Like we've never used contraceptive of any kind. I've never been back on birth control. Basically for the last, I don't know, eight years of my life, I haven't used anything. And so technically, I guess you could label that as trying. It wasn't until probably the spring, like I would say around March, April, when we made the decision to invest in... Well, let me go back. So basically, in the spring, I went to Arizona with my family. That is where our naturopath is at. And I met with her in person. And Josh and I, basically, that meeting allowed us to start having conversations like, are we actually ready to try to be like, we are trying to conceive? So we started having those conversations. We knew we wanted to work with the naturopath just to make sure, especially after my hemorrhage with Highland, I wanted to make sure that my blood panels were in a good position because when I do get pregnant, our goal would be to have a second home birth. We didn't want to already put myself in a deficit going into pregnancy if my blood work was not optimal. So all that to say, we started having some more intentional conversations just about what conceiving is going to look like for us round two. We talked through our fears, our hesitations. I shared with him like how it felt so vulnerable to start trying to conceive again because I was afraid to be disappointed by God again. Like I felt like we kind of got healthy. God and I got healthy. We were in a good spot. And so just opening up those wounds again, it just felt like oh, am I ready for that? Like, can my faith handle that? Like, that was such a journey for us. And so eventually we got to a place where we were like, yeah, we do want to start trying to conceive and working down this path. So we stepped into working with the naturopath. I think our first like meetings or start of our journey was in May when I did my blood work. It was either in April or May. And I got pregnant in June, I believe maybe May. I don't know. My last period was in May. Doesn't matter. The point is that we I had been on the supplements that she had suggested for me for about a month. It was like a prenatal. It was an iron and something else to kind of help with egg quality because technically my AMH was low for my age, which is basically your ovarian. It's the closest marker. It's not a exact science, but it's what IVF people the process uses AMH to really help determine your ovarian reserve, which is basically how many eggs do you have left in the basket? (laughs) And so for me, mine was pretty low for how young I am. I'm 34. And so she was like, okay, this tells us that we don't have a year to wait. Like we don't want to wait a year before you start trying to conceive, but we do want to get your iron in optimal health because it was so low for my hemorrhage with Highland. Like it still hadn't recovered. It was like critically low still. And she's like, that's our that's our biggest issue because if you get pregnant, like that's going to be a big cause of concern. And so that was our big focus was just get my iron back up and everything else will kind of fall into play. And so we were working with her on that. And I was taking my iron pills and working through 
the um, protocol on that level. And that was pretty much all I was doing. I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was starting to pay attention to my cycle more and more. Like I was really trying to read my cycle better with the knowledge that I had learned and just trying to pay attention to like fertile windows and when those would be and start writing down things that would happen during my cycle. And there are some other lifestyle changes that I think I made between when Highland was born and obviously now, which is 18 months. So I did change my deodorant. I did change our laundry detergent. And then obviously making some nutritional changes. I've been on that journey for a while. But making those small adjustments that I felt like I ignored before because I didn't think they were that big of a deal, quote unquote. Um, became a bigger deal because I was like, if we're going to work with a naturopath, I want to do as much as I possibly can to improve my chances of fertility. So we did those things. I had been doing that for about 18 months, like just a different deodorant, a different laundry detergent, and then obviously working with our naturopath. The final thing that I think was also kind of interesting looking back is the week after my last period. So I don't know that this would be the week I conceived because usually you conceive like, I think it was about two weeks after, but the week after my last period was the very first week I've ever had raw milk in my diet. And I know everyone has their thoughts and feelings on raw milk, but I had heard of the benefits and we were trying to wean Highland and I was like, let's just go grab a gallon of raw milk and let's see what it does, you know, if she'll drink it or if it helps. And eventually we got to a place where I was pretty much the one drinking it because, oh my gosh, raw milk is so good. It was so, so fresh and so creamy. It was just delicious. Like I could have, I don't like milk in general unless I'm like having cookies or something like that. But so we don't, we honestly do not purchase and consume milk on a regular basis. It's not on my grocery list hardly ever. But raw milk is a totally different story. And so that week after my cycle had ended my last period, I had raw milk every single day. We only bought it for the week because Highland didn't end up drinking it. It's very expensive and technically, I think, illegal here on Maui. So all of that to say, Josh was not a fan of spending the money on it on a regular basis. And we just had that discussion and we're like, okay, we're not going to continue purchasing it now. But that was the cycle that I conceived. Is there something there? Is there a reason for that? I don't know. Again, I go back to like, hey, God's timing is everything. But as far as like doing anything crazy, we didn't do anything crazy. I was just intentional to read my cycle. And I've done that in the past, right? And didn't work so like years. <laughs> I did have that raw milk. I was taking care of my iron. I was taking care of my health and going through my naturopath's course that talks about like sleep and mindfulness. And I started a prayer journal specifically about trying to conceive baby number two. So all of this, I think, does play a role into it. Like your mind and heart position do play a role into it. I believe like what I was doing for my body to support it, to conceive, does play a role in it. I do believe raw milk has powerful benefits. And I think that was obviously like kind of crazy. Like I've never had raw milk. I've never had a positive pregnancy. You can you can take that however you want, you know? Is that to say you should go have raw milk? I'm not saying that. I'm just sharing what we did, what I did. So, all of that to say, I there wasn't anything that we did that was like, "Oh, that is why you got pregnant this time." Like at the end of the day, 
sometimes people say that IVF, like having a baby kind of clears the way and like your body just knows how to do it again. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I do feel that stewarding my health as best as I can, us changing our laundry detergent, me changing my deodorant, I think that is critical. I didn't take that seriously at the beginning, but I am thankful that I've taken it seriously now. I do. I was still breastfeeding. I am still breastfeeding. At the time that I conceived, I was breastfeeding around the clock because Josh was in the middle of preparing for his biggest event ever. So I don't think that that's like an outlier which is like, oh, it's because you stopped breastfeeding. Like that's not true. So at the end of the day, all I can do is just share what we did do and what worked for us. My naturopath was shocked when I told her. She was like, no way. And, you know, of course, that was like its own big, huge moment. And I just think that it just goes to show you that there are alternatives. I think that's my most important message that I want to share with you today. There are alternatives. If you don't want to pursue Western medical help, whether it's like IUI, IVF, or anything related to that, there are some additional options. There is functional health that you can approach your fertility journey with. And I guess I want to just kind of wrap up with what I would do differently if I was at the beginning of my trying to conceive journey with Josh. And it was, you know, six years ago and we are staring down the barrel of like, wow, we've tried to conceive actively for a year and it hasn't worked yet. What do we do? What are our next steps? My suggestion, or I guess it's not my suggestion. It's just what I would do differently than I did do. And that's not to say like I would I don't regret what we did and what we went through. But if I was at that point, here's what I would do now, Courtney, who I am today. And that is number one, I would go and find a naturopath that I could work with to actually get my blood work and hormone panels done and make sure that there is nothing that is an underlying issue that even if I were to do stuff like IUI, IVF without addressing some of those root causes then I'm still not really setting myself up for success. Because even like with my naturopath, she was like, I will tell you if you need to do IVF based off of these numbers that we get from your panels. Like I'm not going to, she is not against Western medicine. There is a time and a place for that. I don't even know if like IVF is, if that's specifically Western medicine, it's just like what I know it as. So if I'm getting the the terms wrong, forgive me. But for me, that's kind of what I label it as versus like functional medicine. And so she is for intervention and she is for support and for help in the right circumstances. Sometimes it doesn't require that. And so she was saying to me, like with my numbers, after she had taken a look at the big picture, she was like, because of what happened with your IVF results, because of your AMH being low, if we go through this, we fix your iron and you start actively trying for about six months. If you are not pregnant at that point, then yes, we do want to have that discussion about taking more intentional, interventive steps, such as going back down the path of IVF again because of the whole picture. Like, if it is not working, we have fixed the red flags and your AMH or whatever is also still a red flag. And you can't really fix that. You can do what you can to support your egg quality, but you can't fix how many eggs you have. We're all born with eggs that we're born with. Some people don't know that, which is kind of a fun fact. But when you carry a daughter in your womb, you're carrying your grandkids. Just so cool. So anyways, all that to say, she was like, this, it could, I'm not saying it's not on the agenda. Like it could be on the agenda if we have the right circumstances and it's the perfect storm and that's the direction we need to go. I'm going to, the destination is to get you a baby. Again, 
We want to do it as healthy and as functional as we can, but there is a time and a place where intervention is necessary. So for me, that like I wish I would have taken that route six years ago when I understood more about your hormones and the products that you're using on a daily basis and the sleep quality and your thoughts and your like the material of your sheets and just all of these different things that I feel like I started figuring out after I had or when I got pregnant or after I had Highland. I think it kind of goes back to that pandemic. Like it just oh it just opened my eyes to functional medicine essentially is what I can say. So for me I do wish I had started there instead of started down the path of like medicated cycles. Then it was IUI and then it was a specialist in an IVF. Like I wish I would have taken the route of like actually tuning into my body and taking time to pursue that because looking back, like there was things that I could have done differently in my lifestyle, in my diet that those could have been some root problems, but I wasn't addressing because I was just trying to get to the destination as fast as possible, right? And so that takes more patience and more grace to kind of serve your body and support your body and pay attention to like what's off. A friend of mine, she works with the same naturopath and got pregnant as well. And she actually had very high cortisol, like stress levels, which is unusual. Like she was not in a stressful state. (laughs) So she was surprised by those numbers, but she had to do an elimination diet. Her approach and her protocol was totally different than mine. And we both got the same result, but it's because it was focused on that bio-individuality. So anyway, all of that to say, that's what I would do differently. I would look into more of the root causes. I would try to get to know my body better. And I would try to do more research on functional alternative methods instead of going down the route of like money and medication and IVF and all that kind of stuff. Because even looking back, like this pregnancy is so different. And I don't know if that's because I'm having a different gender. Like, I don't know what I'm having. But some people say that. Some people say they're sick with one gender and not with the other. So it could be that. But it also could be the fact that, like, when I was pregnant with Thailand, I was literally having to give myself a shot every single day for the first trimester. So, and then there was like all these hormones that I had going into it. So it's just like, you don't know, like you're pumping your body full of so much that is like, it does, like it gave me Highland. I don't regret that. But in the long run, what was that doing to my body? What was I doing to my body taking those measures? Like, I don't know. I just believe that God has given us such beautiful bodies that were created to serve a purpose. They were created to procreate. Like God did tell us to like, to reproduce essentially. And so I don't know. I just kind of wonder like what is standing in our way? That's our lifestyle, our habits, our diets that we just don't see because we just want to get to the end result. All of that to say, I don't know when God has a baby for you. You could follow the exact same plan. You could work with the same naturopath, whatever it may be. And it could still be a waiting time for you because God's timing is not yet. I don't know. But I do know that he is sovereign, he is in control, he is good, and he is faithful to answer our request. I truly believe that when we seek him with our whole heart, he is going to align our desires to him and he is going to make the path that he has for us known to us. So I hope that's encouraging. I hope it gives you a little bit of just some, I don't know, a starting point maybe for you to do something different in your journey. And just want to encourage you that just to pray. Like Josh and I prayed 
every step. We prayed before IVF. We pray- And that, that was why we didn't do IVF for like the five years that we were trying to conceive. We were told to do IVF like back at square one. And we didn't because we didn't have the peace when we would pray about it. And so again, we prayed at every point where we had a decision to make. Even with this whole naturopath thing, we had that pausing point. Josh said, let's not sign up for it. Let's take time. Let's pray about this. Are we ready for this? Is this our next step? Because it does cost money to invest in that. And so we did. We spent that time in prayer and we just asked the Lord each step, God, be with us in this process. Allow us to make wise, intentional decisions for the future and the goal that we want to get to build our family. I don't know if that was helpful for you. I hope it was to someone out there who's like such a different such a different point of view and that maybe you're at the beginning of your journey and you're like, this is how I want to do things differently for my journey. I just hope it was encouraging to you. And if you have any questions, let me know. I will absolutely get my naturopath on one of these episodes here in the near future so that we can ask her all of the questions and be able to have her share from her perspective a little bit more of the ins and outs. So thanks for tuning in this week. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Instagram. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.